The Red, The Toon, The Cat, Weather. Uh, it is. Thankfully, the rain has just stopped across Teesside, but a band of rain, heavy in places, will move through the morning. Uh, clouds going to break up, though, as the day progresses, uh, especially for eastern parts with sunny spells developing through the day. Maximum temperatures, it's getting chillier now. Uh, we enjoyed the delights of 13 Celsius over the weekend. 10 degrees tonight. Winds will ease overnight. Uh, minimums, 6 degrees Celsius. That's not great, really, is it? From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Ah, what a good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Wow. Let <laughs> L- 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 him have his minutes. Out two fists. I know. Just let him have his minutes. L- he'll calm down in a second. Yeah. <laughs> Are you done? I never doubted him. I never, never, never. Really? Lies. Really? Lies. I, I knew they. I knew it. I knew it was coming. Ta- ta- it was We've all got the podcast from Friday's show. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all right. If anybody wants to hear what Rye really fe- uh, felt about Middlesbrough and Dave and Daz, yeah. tune in to Friday's episode. <laughs> See how the only ones really are. Oh, yeah. a, wounded animal, a wounded yeah. animal will lash out. Go on, guys. Have a go. <laughs> I'm not wounded. Morning, you beaten. beautiful, beautiful men on a Monday morning. Good morning to all my Middlesbrough folk out there listening on the Northeast Brecky Show. Good morning to each and every one of you. It is a beautiful Monday morning, crisp fine, and that's just my headline. I tell you, it is fantastic Your day headline. today. Uh, yeah, it's good actually. It's nice and thick. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to go to something that rhymed, to be honest with you, Dave, and I lost track of what I was saying. Okay. It's been a big weekend. It's been a big weekend. Uh, we have got lots to talk about, and I mean lots. Uh, there's a lot still going on for Middlesbrough. There's a lot going on for Sunderland. There was a game for Newcastle as well, a little bit going off the pitch there as well. A lot to talk about for our three North Cubs this morning, but what a win for the Borough. Uh, and Sunderland, unfortunately, losing to Mogger's men as well. Rumours flying around this morning and that tri-hume incident, we will discuss that in depth with Teddy Boy. Uh, and then we got Steve, obviously, to talk to us about that late draw that they rescued against Bournemouth, thanks to Matt Ritchie, one of my all-time favourites. Uh, we'll get into all that and more on the Northeast this morning. We've also got to talk about everything that's happened over the weekend, lads. It's been a big one. Middlesbrough have got a protest coming this weekend. We're going to talk about that and what that means for our club, the timing of it all. We saw David Moyers come out and say that it's the best West Ham have ever been and ever had under him right now. Criticising fans that he might be boring, but at least he gets the wins. Well done, David Boy, sticking it to the I man there the as well. <laughs> uh, Jermaine Defoe is releasing a documentary on his career as well. So I'm going to talk to the lads about Jermaine Defoe. I'm actually really looking forward to that, especially getting Ted's view on that. Obviously, his relationship with Bradley Lowry was a shining light that I felt grabbed the country. Uh, and we're going to talk about Luka Modric potentially retiring as well. Uh, one of the fantastic midfielders at Real Madrid. All that and a lot more coming up on your Northeast Brecky Show for your Monday morning. It's a big one. It's a good one. It's a lovely one. Borough have beaten Leicester. Oh my goodness me. I knew it. I knew it, Borough fans. I knew it. I felt it in my loins. I felt it in my loins. 
Uh, last week's podcast have been uh, unfortunately uh, disappeared as well. This is a quick one. Uh, anyone trying to look for last week's podcast, they have actually, unfortunately, due to system error, been deleted, especially Friday's show. Uh, nice. But all I can tell you that <laughs> what happened on Friday. I'm just yeah, looking at. I'm actually right just looking. I'm looking at the IP address <laughs> of uh, of the hacker, and it's it looks like it's somebody on the well towards the east coast of Australia. Yeah. Who's, That's uh, why I download all the, the shows. Yeah. I download all the shows, so uh, they'll be now going on any UFC matters. It's um, not like somebody from Australia to commit a crime, is it? <laughs> what no, a shock. Not. What a shock that was. <laughs> what a result. Let's get into some club headlines. we got Newcastle Sunderland and Middlesbrough Club headlines for your Monday morning. What's making news? Pay close attention to the Sunderland ones this morning. My goodness me. <laughs> you want me to go straight into them, dear? You, you're you're right up. Okay. okay. Are you going to do that for me? And proud <laughs> Borough News. Good morning, you Borough beautiful human beings. Middlesbrough have won, incredibly in true Middlesbrough fashion, heading to Leicester City Borough. We're seemingly down and out. With sales of important players and a, second, a season ticket increase, it all seemed doom and gloom at the Borough. But somebody tried telling that to the squad on the weekend. Borough dug deep and counter-attacked to perfection, scoring twice in the first half to everyone's shock, including this man right here. Sammy Silvera producing his best game in a Borough shirt and Lewis O'Brien reminding everyone, here I am. It was fantastic, breathtaking and emotional. Even before kickoff, Borough were brought more bad news with their knee injuries to Je- uh, Johnny Housen and Hayden Hackney. Michael Carrick stating both need scans and it doesn't look good. But this didn't seem to change the current squad led by shock captain Paddy McNair. Borough seemed to find a way. Carrick found a way and my goodness, it was delicious. Sadly, Middlesbrough have also had to release a statement confirming they are investigating an alleged incident of racism from a supporter in the away end at Leicester City's King Power Stadium. Celebrations have been somewhat marred by the video circulating around on social media in the aftermath, which appears to show one Borough fan making a racist gesture towards Leicester City supporters. Stamp it out. And finally, a big discussion topic that we'll talk about. The Finally, the Red Faction, a key supporter group of Borough's have stated they plan to leave the ground at this weekend's match against Plymouth. The Red Faction released a statement that in protest to the increase to the cost of season ticket prices, they will be walking out of the Riverside at the 30-minute mark this weekend. That's your Borough headlines. We beat Leicester. Come on! Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Newcastle United will tell Manchester United they won £15 million to release Dan Ashworth from his 20-month gardening leave period to become the new sporting director at Old Trafford. Ashworth told his bosses at Newcastle on Sunday he wanted to leave the club after the approach by Sir Jim Ratcliffe to move to Manchester United, and Newcastle responded by placing Ashworth on gardening leave. The Times newspaper also reported that Newcastle officials, furious at the manner of Manchester United's approach for Ashworth, immediately blocked any access that the 52-year-old had to the club's computer programs and scouting reports. Ashworth's gardening leave will last for 20 months unless Ratcliffe can broker a peace deal and a compensation figure to commence his employment for 2025. £50 million would be an unprecedented figure for a director of football and sources say that without an agreement, Newcastle's anger is such that they are prepared to bide their time and let Ashworth wait for more than a year and a half on gardening leave before he can begin the new role at his new club. Another goal feast at Gallagher on Saturday left Newcastle unbeaten in four Premier League games but needing to come from behind to claim a point with an Anthony Gordon penalty and Matt Ritchie's first Premier League goal since 2020 grabbing a share of the spoils. In addition to the first team, Newcastle's under-18 and under-21 sides both had fixtures at home on Saturday kicking off simultaneously at 1 o'clock. 
The under-18s lost 2-1 at home to Derby with Joe Brayson netting the consolation, whilst Ben Parkinson scored his fourth goal of the season in a 2-1 reverse against Liverpool. There was better news for the women's team who made it four wins in a row, beating Derby County women 2-1 in the FA Women's National League Northern Premier Division with goals from Beth Lumsden and Paige Bailey-Gale. That's in Newcastle headlines on Monday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Dan Ballard says Sunderland's players remain behind Michael Beale despite successive defeats against Huddersfield and Birmingham. When asked what has changed since Beale's appointment, Ballard told the press, I think it's more the structure as a team. I feel we are a lot more solid as a team. The recent results have just been frustrating, but it's a process. We love having the manager here. He's got a great football knowledge. We want results not just for him, but for the fans and everyone at the club. So it's been a frustrating week. No kidding. Michael Beale came in for heavy criticism over the weekend after seeming to snub Trey Hume when he left the pitch as a late substitute during Saturday's defeat to Birmingham City. The Sunderland coach was made aware after the final whistle and released the following statement on social media. Trey Hume is a fantastic player for our club. He gives everything for his teammates and the staff. I wasn't aware that I missed his handshake until being asked about it post-game. I immediately went to see him to apologise. Trey passed a fitness test this morning to play the game and I cannot hold him in higher regard as a man or professional. He is an example of everything that is good about a young footballer and our team. And finally, a late Genadea double deep into added time, that's easy for me to say, secured a dramatic 4-3 victory for Sunderland women against Lewis women, sending them top of the Barclays Women's Championship. In a breathtaking seven-goal thriller that also saw Emily Scar and Brianna Westrup score for Sunderland, the lasses are back in action at the beginning of March when they welcome Southampton women to Eppleton Corry Welfare Ground. There are your Sunderland headlines this morning. Together, across the northeast, three brand new radio stations by the fans, for the fans, on DAB Radio, online, and smart speakers. Right across, right across. Someone going to talk? N- news. Welcome back. To, I was muted. I was muted. I was muted. I was muted. Welcome back to the Northeast Breaky Show. Happy Monday to everyone across the Northeast. I was muted. I was muted. I, I, was muted. I apologize. Welcome back. I hope you're all fantastic. Had a great weekend. And uh, yeah. yeah, what a weekend it's been for the Northeast clubs <laughs> across the whole Northeast. Teddy boy, I'm going to go straight to you because I, I've, I, I, well, I, I consider us good mates. Close mates, brothers in arms, and I Thank felt you. protective of you on the weekend, mate. I, um, <laughs> I saw, I saw oh. a bit of a fallout. Uh, obviously, the Sunderland game was a bit of a shock. Um, I was doing my watch along, and obviously I have people come in and tell me the live updates. I saw the Sunderland went up through Jack Clark, uh, mm-hmm. only for Birmingham to pounce back and come back uh, and win it 2-1 Mogger. Obviously, getting the uh, getting the wood over Sunderland in his, uh, his return... Um, mm-hmm. around social media. The yes. video doesn't look good. Uh, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we're going to get Ted's full breakdown. He's going to have as long as he wants this morning. I'm not going to cut this man off at all. Uh, I will cut Steve off though, because he's not his birthday anymore. Uh, and we're going to listen to, because I want to hear about the, because the, from what the angle I looked at, Ted, Troy Hume walks past Michael Beale. Now, Michael Beale's went to Instagram, I believe it was, after the game and said that he didn't see him. And he's, sorry, he's, we heard that in the, the headlines. The Wenger approach, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, from the video that we can see, I think it's hard for him to miss Trihume. But give us a breakdown, mate, of your whole weekend. 
Let us be here at your support <laughs> group. weekend. I'd rather yeah, not. Yeah. I, want, I want to hear from Many Saturday morning to damaged. Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you, mate. The floor is yours. Tell us uh, about that match, obviously, and the Trihume incident and your take of it all. I'll, I mean, to be honest, the first half started great. Um, I was, obviously, I'm, I'm still at Dr. Mix. I'm still at the UK, in the UK at this moment in time. So I was kind of watching two games on um, on. On Saturday, I was watching the Newcastle game on the big screen because my my best mate wouldn't let me watch the Sunderland one on there. I had to watch mine on my phone. Um, but no the, you know, way. That's, that's, that's Mick on... made you watch it on your phone. I because he was watching the Newcastle game on his big telly. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> honestly, it's it's like it's the most petty thing. It was, honestly, it was like an episode of Bottom because I, I literally, as a result, I decorated his couch in as much Sunderland stuff as I had with me, <laughs> including right, right. include like my retro shirt, my hat, everything. <laughs> Everything I could do. That's when the abuse started on social media, to be honest. But there you go. That was before the game. Oh, uh, so there yeah. should have been a live camera of all of this. That it would have made actually a very good live feed. But uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, I, I watched the game. Um, we started pretty well, I thought. Um, what I enjoyed about it and what I was really enthused by was the fact that Sunderland were getting into them and Birmingham are just starting to learn how to play out from the back and, and do it properly under under Mogger. Um, you know, that, that nice sort of free passing football that, that we enjoyed for 15 months. Um, and we seized on mistakes that, that, that come from that because defenders... If defenders were any good, they'd be midfielders or strikers, wouldn't they? Let's be honest. Um, so they were kind of making those mistakes. Jack Clark pounced on one, put us 1-0 up. And to be honest, uh, it felt like, okay, if we keep on doing that, because they're going to maintain playing out from the back, if we do that, we're going to hammer this lot. Um, and in the second half, I don't know, it just seemed like we, we dropped back another 10, 15 yards in midfield. In fact, everybody on the pitch just seemed to, to drop back that little bit. Job had a golden opportunity. I've been very critical of Job um, to the point that, you know, this was less about Bale, I felt, at this moment in time, certainly tactically. Uh, he could have changed things up. He could have got them pressing a little further forward in the second half, but I'll come back to that. Job had a chance to play in Jack Clark to put us ahead, and at that point, you'd pretty much say Birmingham haven't got an answer. Birmingham wouldn't have an answer at that point. Um, you know, you, you've got a guy who was free to your left, who has scored 15 goals this season, four assists, red-hot form, £25 million player, pretty much there, um, sat ready just to score. All he had to do was lay it off for him because Job's path was block blocked a goal anyway by you know, two defenders and a goalkeeper. Um, Job obviously decided then to play for the name on the back of the shirt rather than the, the badge on the front um, and pretty much went for glory and, and fluffed his lines. Uh, opportunity went awry and... Birmingham basically strolled up the other end of the pitch and, and, and got back in the game. Um, and, and, and at that stage, that for me just showed immaturity, um, a, a, a great deal of arrogance, I thought, um, for somebody who you know, many fans are saying, it's not just me, uh, many fans are saying that shouldn't be starting at this moment in time because he, he looks leggy, he looks lethargic, he's played too much football. Um, yeah, he, he fluffed the lines. The incident with Trey Hume is an interesting one because I agree, right? I find that hard to believe that he has sneaked by like the little Northern Ireland ninja that he is. Um, <laughs> if Michael Bale's peripheral vision is that bad, he shouldn't be coaching at, you know, 
a top level football team. He, he shouldn't be coaching a kids team if his peripheral vision is that bad, because it's it, it, against a backdrop of blue, seeing one red and white shirt moving towards you on the touchline. It, it kind of gets noticed, you know what I mean? Nobody's lost in the moment that much. It just looks all weird from the angle. Uh, Trey Hume looks looks rightfully annoyed. You know, the shake of the head after after he gets snubbed uh, says it all. Bale has apologised. Um, you know, like I said in the headlines, he's taken to social media and said, I was made aware of it after the game. I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm really not buying it. I thought it was... Um, all the good work that, that Bale has done in recent weeks in terms of you know, starting to build that relationship with the, with the fans and then something like that where it doesn't look good on him. It really doesn't. And he can, he can protest his innocence all he, all he likes. You're looking at the camera angles, you're looking at the footage of what's happened. It's a really, really bad look. Um, and it's not surprising that, the, that those rumours have started and the whispers have started that there could be an announcement today from Sunderland Football Club saying that, that he's gone. Um, on the other hand, you know, you've got the likes of Dan Ballard coming out and saying, you know, we're, we're behind the manager. Are they behind the manager or are they just behind him, ready to push him? Because right at this moment in time, the, the season's gone for us now. You know, forget about the playoffs now. It's it's absolutely not happening, and I know Middlesbrough obviously cracking win for them. I know, I know you'll uh, you'll you'll wax lyrical about that, and Middlesbrough might even fancy their chances because that could be the kickstarter for their form. Our form is just too up and down um, for us to, to mount a serious challenge to get into the playoffs. So for me, I, I would forget all about them now. That that's that's gone. Um, a change of manager isn't going to sort that. I don't think we've recruited well enough um, to to be able to mount that challenge. There were some good performances out there. Don't get me wrong. You know, Mundell, I thought in the first half was 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 very lively. Uh, I, I, I liked the look of him. Clark was was back to his best despite being you know two or three players on him at any one time. But there was there was some disappointments as well. Patterson really should have done better with uh, with with his um, error, shall we say? I, I, I was going to say something else, but you can't say that on radio, Ted. Um, yeah, overall. Very, very disappointing. Um, I think the, the the tone on social media pretty much said it all. Um, you know, obviously, you know, some northeast journalists maybe should be checking their tone on social media about how they speak to other people. But you know, that's that's a, that's a story for another day, isn't it? Um, yeah, just disappointing all in all. Disappointed with the manager. Disappointed with his actions. Uh, disappointed with that second half performance uh, in a game that really should have been won. Um, but poor decision making has cost us ultimately on not just Michael Beale's shoulders, but the likes of Job, the likes of the goalkeeper, um, and, and a few other people on social media as well. Yeah, it's interesting, obviously, the whole breakdown of, of what's happened for Sunderland on the weekend. I did go back and watch the highlights. I was, I think we were in the, in the WhatsApp we don't talk about. I was shocked to see Burstow lined up again. I feel like the Roos and Burstow argument keeps, keeps changing. Uh, and then we see Burstow missing that. Was it Pierre Equa that got down the right-hand side and whipped one in? And Burstow yep. did get, get – he got into the centre of the goal. And he somehow sort of side-back-heeled it, I want to say. <laughs> it went straight over the goal where I feel like Roosan might have buried that if he, if he yeah, was he in. Have, but, I mean, Burstow got have, in the right area. Well, all we're doing is trying to play – a Chelsea Academy player in a form. And we're yeah. not going to reap anything from that come the end of the season. It's it's a ridiculous yeah. decision to play him. It really is. Yeah, no, 
it's the it's the battle between Bursto and Rooster that always has me shocked. But yeah, I think suddenly created enough chances. Um, it was just one of those games. It was a great save by Ruddy against Pierre Equire as well. When I uh, know it was uh, Mundle, sorry, who brought it down in the box, turned onto his right on a bit of a flick shot. Ruddy producing a great save. Um, Stevie boy, uh, a lot's happened. Not that you would have been paying much attention to your uh, your Sunderland cohort, but uh, the Trihume incident, mate, I'm not sure if you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen um, it. That's the big one for me, um, seeing a manager seemingly brush one of their players when when substituted. Um, now, obviously, you've heard what Michael Beale had to say. I guess your take on it, mate, and um, obviously the loss to Birmingham as well. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It was always going to be a hard game for Sunderland. I thought it was two hard games for both North East Championship teams this weekend, to be fair. And obviously we know Middlesbrough came up trump. Sunderland didn't. Um, Mugger would have had the, the, the Birmingham lads well up for that. And it, it, it looked it looked at one stage as if Sunderland were going to, you know, follow in the same vein as as Middlesbrough. But obviously things went wrong and, and you know, it, I, I, I watched... The doom and gloom, um, obviously from Ted's point of view, develop, <laughs> um, and and was completely unaware of the you know the dismissive uh, action of the manager uh, against one of his own players until uh, much later on on uh, on Saturday night. It can be taken in two ways, I guess. I mean, you know, uh, was he watching something on the pitch? Was he you know, or was he or was he deliberately ignoring? Um, you know, he's he's player as he comes off the pitch. I, we'll never know. Um, you know, it, it, you know, a picture, a picture, and a, a video can can say one thing, and it depends how you want to look at things. It, it seems to be a very Jekyll and Hyde relationship that Sunderland fans have with Beal at the moment. One minute he's the best thing since sliced bread, the next minute he's the the devil incarnate, and I, and I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure where you know where you lie with this, and I mean. You know the rumours, and I must insist that the all rumours that we're hearing about Beal being moved yeah. on are, are, are just, you know, something which I would be left scratching my head at because you know has he really done, has he really done, you know, enough over these last few games to to, to be sacked? Um, other other owners are the owners going to do you know do the impossible and, and, and sack somebody after such a short space of time um I mean we'll all be flicking through the record books to check you know you know what is the what is the quickest dismissal for for a, a manager in in you know in football and and it's on a football club but it, it's it's certainly a strange one um at the moment it, you know again you know the, the the chances of the playoffs are still are still very much there for Sunderland they just need to find that bit of form um you know on friday our three wise monkeys uh, you know Daz Dave and and Rai were all you know oh it's over the season's over you know they're all caught Dave's negativity from from the week before <laughs> uh, and now now they're going to win you know they're going to win the playoffs so it it it, it shows like, no we're not we're not going to get in the playoffs it shows well. So Dave's, Dave's maintaining it. So you know, and rightly so. If you're gonna if you're gonna make a, if you're gonna make a claim, you should stick by it. And and you know, and, and at the moment, you know, it, it you know, I mean, rightly so. I could see why Rai was excited. I, I you know, I, I flicked onto his watch along when um, when I was heading when I was heading when I was heading home just and, and rewound it to when when Leicester's uh, Leicester's rear guard leaked the first and second goals, and it was hilarious. You know, but I mean, it it. That's what football's all about, you know. It, it gives you the, it gives you know, it gives you those moments of joy. Um, yeah. Middlesbrough have got to build on that now after such disappointing results. They've got to build on that, and 
you know, if Carrots found a way to to motivate his team and get them into a position where they can challenge for the playoffs, and then good on them. But um, yeah, the Sunland the Sunland situation is a strange one. I don't think I, I don't think people are happy with the Beal appointment, and I, and I think he will. I think he will go. But will he go now? Oh, I, I, his I record, Steve. He's, he's been in charge for twelve games. He's won four, drawn two, lost six. I mean, it's not good, and he was never a good. It was never good a reading. good. It was never a good appointment. It was never no. a good appointment nah. to bring in somebody like him who hadn't really got much experience. But then you have to ask how much you know how much can Sunderland afford to spend? You know, it, 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 it come your your owners are thinking about one thing and one thing only, and that's balancing the books and the finances mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you know and, and treading water. They know they're not going to go down this season. They know that they're not going to get relegated. So it this for them. Not this season. No, but it's another season in the it's another season in the championship. Um, you know, which, you know, they they will be happy with. It's it's more income coming in and, you know, they can buy themselves a bit of time and get things right. Maybe maybe in their mind Beale was always a short term appointment. Bring him in and then, you know, stay in the championship, guarantee T V money for another year and, you know, let's let you know, let's look and, and, and if if Beale works out then, you know, it's a cheap option which is which is paid dividends, you know, and, mm. and you know, but it, it it really is strange. I, I I think they should have stuck with Mugger until at least the end of the season. Um, yeah. Where Mugger would have got you, who knows? I know that the form under Mugger wasn't great, and fans were getting on his back. But sometimes owners have got to be. Sometimes owners have just got to book the trend and, and not go with what they're hearing from 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 supporters. They've just got to stick to their guns, and you know, eventually they'll they'll get through it. But I think it's gonna take it's gonna take a miracle worker to come into Sunderland working on a working working on this kind of you know this this kind of budget that these owners have. Yeah. Um, you can't you, you you can't make you can't make miracles happen when you've got no money. Um, very similar very similar to what's happening at Newcastle, which we'll come to later. You know, in the sense that you know you know you you can't expect somebody to bring in you know great players if if you, you're hampered by FFP and, and, and it's a very similar yeah. thing with Sunderland you know there's not the money there to spend so you know you, you've got to make do and mend and, and, and I, I would beg I, I would say any manager you know Eddie Howe Jose Mourinho whoever go to Sunderland would struggle on that kind of budget um, yeah. and, and that's that's the problem you've got so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see it's, whether Beal goes. Will he? Will he stay or will he go? I don't know what this is about. A flight? Did he say that he's been going? Up, he's, he's been seeing what going. Up, going yeah, to he Scotland, didn't. He apparently didn't travel with the team, um, uh, which he, he apparently he was travelling up to Scotland. Uh, so you have so. the Pritchard situation. I mean, again, you know, the, the the beauty of the beauty of football in general is that rumours circulate. You know, like they're going out of fashion, and, and you know, the invent of the internet and the WhatsApp. Um, in particular, creates creates a, a multitude of problems because you suddenly have all these people coming up with different theories, or somebody yeah. starts something off for mischief, mischievous purposes, and it flies around like wildfire. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, is the Pritchard story too? Is it is it true that you know people were asked to to get up and and and, and do a song and they refused? You know, the, I saw all of those <laughs> kind of rumours that were flying yeah. around, and, and you know, and, and certain players were saying that's embarrassing. You shouldn't do that. Well, who knows? And you know. Uh, 
you, you, watching watching the try Hume thing, if you wanted to take it in the way that we we all did take it, was it just looked like he was just being arrogant and you know not not shaking his player's hand. But he might not have seen him. We, do, we don't know. And and the fact that he acted quickly was that on his own behalf. He come out and you know he praised try Hume and and to, you know you know waxed lyrical about him. Um, you know, or was that the club saying you need to put this right? You know, again we'll never know. Um, you know, but. Communication's key in things like this. Supporters need to know what's going on. Um, if there are rumours circulating that the manager could go, um, the club need to, to act fast and, and, and stamp that out. Mm. Right, the, the Dad, we thing. haven't got long uh, before the sports headlines. Sorry, Ted. We, we, we will come back to it because I think there's more to talk about here with Sunderland. But I wanted to get your thoughts, Radio Dad, before we just quickly go to the thought, sports headlines on that handshake. Um, it didn't look good, did it? Uh, and it certainly no. did look, when you look at the video, it certainly did look as though he caught him, you know, he caught him out the corner of his eye. He knew he was there and he was coming up and there's almost a little side step in there. Now, it could all be coincidence. Maybe maybe he hasn't seen him, but it didn't look good. I mean, if it was, if that was evidence, if that was evidence that you had to rely on, uh, I think um, the majority of people would look at that and say it was a snub rather than uh, than not seeing him. Um, just because of body language and and, and all that sort of stuff, um, mm-hmm. but make no make no bones about it. Bill will not be sacked on current form. He's not going to be sacked on current form. He's not going to go anywhere if the club have to make a decision on current form because it's too soon. It's too. It mm-hmm. really is too soon for them to make Lee, a change of management. Did However, Lee Johnson was sacked in second because the stats said well, they weren't going to get promoted. What what's the stats saying now? I think there's been too much crap flying around Sunderland in the past couple of months. They couldn't possibly, could they? They couldn't possibly add to that. Sacking Bale now would be a huge admission of a massive error in judgment in terms of recruiting. And that would firmly, firmly point the finger and the focus and the spotlight and everything else, every other adjective you want to use at the the management of the football club. So I don't think he's going to go anywhere on current form. However, however, if the club truly feel that this is yet another PR, massive PR own goal and they do adjudge Beal to have snubbed his player and he already has been told to apologise and this is all conjecture because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes you know and maybe the apology was Bill was told to make the apology. We don't know. It's grassy knoll, white puff of smoke, and picket wood picket fence again. Mm. Um, but if that if that is the case, then maybe there are discussions going on this morning about this, and it could be used as a bit of a lever, bit of leverage in yeah, making yeah. that decision to get rid of the manager if they're not happy with the direction that things are going in. So I'm not saying he's not going to go. But I, I, what I am saying is I couldn't imagine for one moment if I was running that football club, you would be sacking that manager right now on current form. Mm, it is a big one. And maybe you're absolutely right. It might be used uh, as a bit of a leverage point because it's not good. But obviously, we don't know. We're just guessing. Well, we'll talk more about this uh, because there's a lot more to dissect on the Northeast East Show. We've got more to talk about with Sunderland, more to talk about with Newcastle, obviously, and their draw, and more to talk about... Uh, Middlesbrough going on to win the Champions League this season. That's right, I said it. Off to your sports headlines. We'll be back right after this. Together across the northeast. The the I genuinely thought he'd just called the Scottish League the singed Premier Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered where he was going with that singed. What was he going? <laughs> 
You know what I love hearing is when Ben Stokes is having a problem with VAR as well when he plays cricket. I love hearing that. Um, <laughs> it's all over the shop, isn't it, VAR? Hey, it's even affecting our, our good cricketers. Welcome back to the Northeast Brekkie Show. Happy Monday morning. You're joined by the full cohort, Radio Dad on the Buttons. Teddy, who is a little bit despondent, our poor Teddy. We're protecting I'm him all right. Steve, I'm all right. Just, Steve, to, just to make Teddy feel a bit brighter. Okay. Okay. Silvera. Oh, let's Silvera. Silvera now, Lewis O'Brien. Lewis oh, O'Brien's no. outside. Oh, no. He's one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. Lewis O'Brien! Skaters it! Oh, my God! It's Oh my goodness, I'm still breathless. I'm still front. breathless. Oh my god, Middlesbrough on again. Middlesbrough on again. Sammy Sevilla! Sammy Sevilla! There you go, Ted. Just, you know, just oh to make God. you feel better. <laughs> uh, for those who are wondering what on earth that was, that was Rye, the live watch along as you heard it on the red. So uh, there you go. Oh, the, te yep. the text messages between you and me, Dave, when you were just like, I'm breathless, oh my God. <laughs> we started yeah. off so somber and ended with that. I couldn't believe it. We will and get into it very back soon. To club to win. Have you said, <laughs> I said uh, one not even I to said get that. a draw. We can still celebrate a victory, can't we? I said one all. Whether we thought, whether we, thought we would or we wouldn't, we can still celebrate a victory. I mean, they, you know, they, we thought Joe Bellingham was going to be the superstar the other week after he did that final uh, solo goal when he ran in, and now look at him, he's the enemy again. But... It is football. It is the, it's the right things of football. Let's just finish off Sunderland because I feel like we were cut off a little bit there. Um, we are Looks obviously like Beale's doing talking that. about... Yeah, we, we look like... We're just getting uh, rumours, obviously, this morning that, that there might be... You know, there could be an announcement. We're not... We're just sort of, you know, picking at straws here. The Trihume incident, though, uh, is the big one. that We've seen that all on the camera. We all think that Trihume has been ignored by Michael Beale, but we could be giving you know, the benefit of the doubt. It could be... Uh, just something that, you know, Michael I've, I've sent you the image in the, in the WhatsApp group there, lads. You mm. tell me, in that proximity, has he really not seen oh, them? The cam yeah, the camera angle's bad. The camera angle's really bad. I don't know if it's... Because it, you, you would see him, 100%. And he's, he's reached out. It's not like he's made himself invisible or anything like yeah. that. So um, you can definitely see that. You know, and I, I, I would 100% expect it. And you know what? Even after the fact... When you see Trihoom shaking his head to have an assistant manager come up yeah. and go, hey, Tri's just missed a handshake, you know, maybe just go and say a quick word to him there and then and, and squash it. Because if Michael yeah. Bill had gone and gone over to try after it and just gone, oh, sorry, mate, you know what I mean? Or walked up to him when he's sitting on the bench and shook his hand then, and nobody yeah. would have blinked an eyelid at this. But it was the fact that he ignored it. Nobody came and told him until after the game, and then it's too late. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, just it is bad. Um, in terms of, obviously, what's next for Sunderland, um, you've, you've got a week now to sort of get back onto the training pitch. You're, you're, you're thinking potentially there might be news, there might not be news. Are you confident at all that uh, Bill will be in charge this weekend, Ted? Well, I, I'm really not sure at this stage. I, I get what Dave's saying that, you know, by taking Bill out of that job now, um, points the finger that, that the, the management and the sporting director have made a colossal mistake in appointing this guy in the first place. Um, and like I say, you know, Christian Speakman has to take responsibility for these decisions because he's in a, he's in a position to do that. 
But this, if they do get rid of Michael Beale, Speakman is about to appoint his fifth manager. And he keeps on getting it, well, you know, in their opinion, he keeps on getting it wrong because they let Tony Mowbray go. Alex Neal, all right, you know, he forced the move away because he wanted more money. But the Lee Johnson thing was kind of a bit of a, a bit of a weird one. Um, you know, the sack Lee Johnson when he was in second because they said the stats didn't look good. Um, whichever way you look at that, and, you know, ultimately it was the right decision because we got Alex Neal in, but we were in second when when Lee Johnson was sacked. We're now dropping down. What are we in tenth now? And showing like showing form that we are not going to be anywhere near the playoffs come the end of the season. So, you know, do they accept mediocrity for the club, um, or, or do they actually, you know, press the button and get somebody in, uh, or, or give Dodsey the, the the reins until the end of the season until they find somebody in who can work to a decent model. And, and look like they're going to get us, you know, out of this division and, and moving the club forward again. Because right now, we are regressing. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, there's there's poor decisions being made on the pitch and off the pitch. That's so, so players as well. There's there's players need to step up their performances without a shadow of a doubt. But also tactically, I think we're, we're just going backwards. We're starting games. We're starting games actually reasonably okay but then not being able to maintain it or, or just becoming more defensive in the second half when you're thinking, well, there's a chance for a win here, but we could go all the way and keep pressing. And I'm seeing it too many times now. The Birmingham game isn't the first time that this has happened. We, yep. we look weaker. We look, you know, devoid of, of, of ideas and, and devoid of any sort of pace in attack. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's rather worrying. So I wouldn't be surprised if he is gone. Um, okay. But it might just take a few more defeats for that to happen. Mm, interesting. We'll watch that one with eager eyes, obviously, here on the Northeast Breakfast Show. A big week for Sunderland coming up. Let's move on to Newcastle v Bournemouth. We have got Stevie Wraith here to break everything down for you. Steve, it was a great game. I went back and watched the highlights. I wasn't able to watch it live, obviously. The Mighty Borough were on winning the Champions League. Uh, championship, sorry. Uh, and uh, I thought it was uh, a fantastic game. I was uh, shocked to see Dubravka in the first goal, slipping over, obviously. Wasn't yeah, a good was start, obviously the water the pitch it off, Tank. Yeah. Water the pitch it off. Well, that's <laughs> what they do. They do water the, water the pitch, and, and that's why. Well, it, it wasn't necessary. Uh, I thought Miggy Almer went very close. Uh, he took that solo effort in and then would have whipped it into the top left-hand corner had it been a bit lower. Uh, Bruno getting pulled down in the box. A, a big eventful afternoon at St. James's Park. Um, happy with the draw in the end? Look, it was a fair result. You couldn't complain. Four games unbeaten. Um, that's not sugarcoating what should have been, you know, really, a, you know, it should have been a win for Newcastle. If they've got any designs, uh, desires on finishing the European spot, you need to beat Luton Town and Bournemouth at home. They haven't. And, and that ultimately is what is going to, you know, dictate where Newcastle finish this season. Disappointed? No. Um, seen two great games, uh, you know, 4 4 and a 2 2. Um, I went into the game expecting Newcastle to narrowly shade it. I thought we had enough, uh, despite the fact that we didn't have a centre-forward to play. I recognise centre-forward with both Wilson and Isaac uh, both being on the injured list. Um, I thought Eddie Howe might have pulled a you know a surprise out the hat um, and either positionally put somebody up front who, who maybe we didn't expect or I expected Isaac to be back. It turns out that Willock... And Isaac were both very, very close to playing. So one would imagine that when it comes to the game next weekend, 
against Arsenal that we will see one or both at least on the bench. Um, as a game itself, it was it wasn't as enjoyable as the Luton game. It was it was a hard watch. Um, the first half was I wouldn't say it was da- uh, I wouldn't say it was dour. It was it was nil nil. It was tense. I think Bournemouth shaded the first half. I think Solanke should have really had Bournemouth, you know, two one up in the first half when you go to the chances. Debravka pulled off two brilliant saves, um, and I think that Anthony Gordon should have done better with the opportunity that he had. But I think if we'd gone in two one down at the interval, we couldn't have complained. I think the second half Newcastle had the the better of it, and. Um, you know, as always, there is a a controversial VAR decision. Um, controversial for Bournemouth. Uh, they felt it shouldn't have been a penalty. I felt it was a penalty all day. I, I called the penalty before VAR had even agreed to look at it. Um, you could see um, that you know that Shaw's shirt was being pulled, you know, from the offset. And you know, it, it you know if you do that, you know, by the letter of the the, the letter of the law, um, in is that hard to understand? It was. It was a penalty. Bournemouth manager, um, you know, obviously sour grapes. Wasn't happy about it, but you know, it was definitely. It, it, it was definitely a penalty. No, no doubt about it. The um, the substitutions. Um, I, I, you know, if I, if I am going to be picky, I felt that he should have probably taken Dan Byrne off at the same time as he made the change in midfield, but. And of course, that led to us going two one down. But then he brought Matt Ritchie on, and Matt Ritchie got the the equaliser. So he, he got it right. Eddie Howe got it right. It was always going to be a tough game. Bournemouth didn't come and sit back. Bournemouth came and gave it a go. They 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 took the game to us. They were on a bad run of form. They hadn't won in five. Um, and credit to them. You know, they used having the centre forwards. To, to their advantage and, and Solanke Solanke gave Bournemouth everything that we didn't have with not having a centre forward uh, Gordon was superb um, he ran his heart he ran his heart in the ground again Almiron he he lacked in creativity but what he lacked in creativity he made up for with, with the effort once again he, he ran himself into the ground um, again Lewis Miley I thought had a really good game he you know, I've, I've I've obviously done our podcast since then, and you know, one or two of the lads disagreed with me. They felt that Miley, you know, with the exception of a couple of challenges and a couple of really good balls through, um, they felt that was probably one of his worst games. I I didn't think that. I thought he I thought again he he, he did he did really well, um, and I could probably probably give a bit of praise as well. Obviously, I've already already done it to to Bravka, um, but Bruno. Um, the only disappointment with Bruno is I don't think he got forward as much as he had against Forrest and I, I felt if he had done if he'd taken a bit more of a gamble then we, we may well have got um, some just rewards from it but uh, overall a point was a fair result uh, Bournemouth will be happy um, Newcastle probably won't be but as Eddie Howe said at the end of the game it kept the unbeaten run going um, You know, we found some form um, our away form, though, ironically, is now better than our home form. Um, we, we we couldn't win away from home. Now we seem to have, we seem to have reversed it. The atmosphere is something that's been brought up by a lot of people on online. Um, you know, I, I I could have shouted out loud when I saw another Twitter account start up. Um, 
you know, based around creating an atmosphere at St James's Park. Um, you know, I won't say the expletive I used in my house, but um, you know, it, 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 we don't need another group of supporters trying to, to create an atmosphere um, because an atmosphere is created by what you see on the pitch. Um, we've got to accept that all the stadiums has changed it for good, whether you're the Premier League or the Championship. Um, you know, it's never going to be the same again. And you know, what happened to, to what happened to? Oh well, if we have a safe standing area, that's going to improve the atmosphere. Right, it, it it didn't, and it hasn't, and it won't, because an atmosphere is always dictated on what happens on the pitch, and unfortunately, it wasn't a great game on the pitch. Um, another petty is whilst I'm on my soapbox is <laughs> people leaving early. Um, you know, I won't. Uh, you know, I, I I won't understand really why people. You know, I know I know there's various reasons, but why people choose to go. 10 minutes before half time to go down for a pint when there's at least five minutes of injury time um, so you're missing 15 minutes then and then the same people will then leave 10 minutes before the end of a game which had a five minute stoppage for VAR and also had substitutions which amounted to 10 minutes of injury time so in theory you've missed 35 minutes of the game mate for leaving um, the fact that you actually got up and walked past us and went oh I've had enough of this rubbish when it was you know Newcastle were just 1-0 down you clearly hadn't been there when Mike Ashley had that club and Steve Bruce is managing our team. Um, so, you know, this is unfortunately what we're attracting. Um, these kind of supporters who, you know, clearly haven't ever had to deal with some of the rubbish that we've had to deal with over the years. So, yeah, a lot a lot, a lot, a lot to digest there, a lot to take in. Um, my mindset is still that Newcastle will finish in the top six or seven. Uh, Manchester United's win yesterday has probably put pay to the sixth place. They're going to have to have a, a bit of a. They're probably going to have to have a bit of a fall from grace over the course of the next few weeks. And Newcastle are going to need to find some fantastic form. And we're going to have to beat Manchester United when we play them. But I still feel you know we're going to finish in that top seven. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be a hard push now. The fa- the fixture list's favourable for Newcastle. But we need a bit of a run with injuries, and the sight of Fabian Share getting helped off the pitch by two physios, as 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 the lads were getting you know walking around the pitch, applauding the crowd, and seeing Fabian Share with with his arm like being supported, it, it looks like a, it looks like it's a wrist injury. Now you can play with a cast on your arm, a makeshift cast on your arm. We're just gonna have to wait and see what the diagnosis is. But can our season get any worse with injuries? I, I just don't think it can. So mm. so yeah, all round, um wasn't wasn't a classic. Um four goals though and a point in the bag. Um we've got nothing to complain about Newcastle fans. You've just <coughs> got to sit back and enjoy what you're seeing around you. Um Hopefully, the, the whole noise about Dan Ashworth will pass now. And I described that on Twitter as like discovering germaloids for the first time. Um, you know, for me personally, <laughs> that's the biggest relief I've, I've had in, in the last couple of weeks to hear that, you know, Dan, you know that, that Dan Ashworth is now asked to leave. Get yourself away, mate. Um, but let's hope that Newcastle do stick to their guns and demand a ridiculous amount of money and stick them on Gordon and leave for 15 months couldn't happen to a nicer bloke um, and, and really Dan what have you done for Newcastle what have you done you signed you know you, you, you oversaw the signing of Tenali well that turned out well hasn't it um, you know and you know, what have you actually done for Newcastle United and Roy Keane said exactly the same at the weekend there's no loyalty in the bloke he's, he's, he basically said there is no loyalty I would. he said I would question 
Manchester United appointing somebody who proved that he's got no loyalty and what does he actually do so fair play to Roy Keane for coming out and speaking as he finds and and I've done exactly the same but yeah that's that's my review of the match over the weekend lads Mm. Mm-hmm. Davey lad, you've had a bit of a sleep in, so I'm going to perk you up like a morning coffee. I've been working uh, behind the scenes, grafting fingers <laughs> to the bone, <laughs> turning around such wonderful creativity like your goals. Uh, your breakdown, obviously, of the Newcastle match. Newcastle coming away with a two-all draw, uh, <sighs> thanks to Matt Ritchie. I think we didn't. We all go for a Newcastle win in that one. Um, I think we did. Yeah, I think yeah, we did, think yeah. We did. I mean, it's obviously it's two points lost. I know, Steve, I get what you're saying. Keep the unbeaten run going. It's another point in the bag. But you, you, I think quite sensibly you'd already, you know, you'd already given up hope on a Champions League push um, yeah. this season. So for me, yeah, I would be disappointed as a Newcastle fan. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be annoyed. I wouldn't be walking out. I wouldn't be shouting, I've had enough of this tripe or whatever it was that was said. Um... Uh, I just look at, I just look at the overall position of Newcastle. But maybe that's easy to say, as as a neutral, as as a rival fan. Because can I do that with the Borough? I think I've done that with the Borough this season. Mm. I know you're having a pop at mm. me earlier for for predicting Borough would get beat by Leicester and saying two weeks ago that uh, or two games ago that I think they you know they the chances of a playoff place have gone. I was very rational when I came to that conclusion. I just looked at our inconsistency, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, it wasn't an emotional reaction. And, and, I, and I think that guy who walked past you, Steve, that was, that was an emotional reaction. And, and, and maybe he's not in a position to be able to take as cold and considered viewers as you can. Um, so, yeah, I'd be dis- bitterly disappointed because that's a game Newcastle should have won. That's, that's a game going into it. The confidence should have been there, irrespective of the injuries, because Bournemouth weren't on a happy run. You know, they, they weren't an informed team that were tearing up the Premier League. So I would have looked at that as, as a wonderful opportunity for three points. But it didn't happen. It wasn't a defeat. It's another point gained, and it's another step closer. They're getting rid of Ashworth, getting that, all that business sorted out, and then having a look for the, for the summer and, you know, and, and what work can be done to, to get you back to where you were 12 months ago. It is interesting. I think Newcastle are in for a massive summer. I keep saying that. I think it's going to be a massive uh, changing of hands, if you will, in terms of player base and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see. Teddy Boy, Newcastle, funny enough, their last, uh, their their sort of run of form has been a loss, then a win, then a draw, then a win, then a draw. So they're bound to beat Arsenal this weekend on current form because they <laughs> uh, they go loss, then win, then loss, then win. With a controversial a VAR decision. <laughs> oh, how would, that, how would that make us laugh? <laughs> your uh, your thoughts on the Newcastle v Bournemouth tie, Teddy Boy? Well, like I said, I was I was kind of I had half an eye on that game anyway because because uh, of the sixty inch screen that's in the front room, <laughs> and, and obviously I wasn't allowed to watch the Sunderland game on that. So by student pizza boxes and Chinese exactly. takeaway cards. You know yeah. Do you know what the thing is? I'm and looking cans of at Kestrel. across the room. No, 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 not, not Kestrel, dear boy. No, Cronenberg, sir. Um, yeah, literally, <laughs> I'm looking at a small pizza box across from me right now. We had, we had yet another takeaway last night, but there you go. Um, yeah, listen, I actually enjoyed the game. Um, I thought there was uh, there was some end-to-end stuff. I think Dubravka should feel a little hard done to with, with that mistake. I, I don't think it was his mistake. Of course, he slipped, but... It was a bit of a hospital pass to pay, play back to him anyway. Um, so I, I felt a bit sorry for him because, as Steve rightly pointed out, there was there was two or three really, really great saves from him. Um, 
I thought from a Bournemouth perspective, I thought Solanke was, was trouble all game. Um, and I wouldn't be massively surprised to see Newcastle go in for someone like him. Um, I thought he had yet another good game. I think he's a, a striker who's really, really in form right now for his club. Um, yeah, so a, a very, very entertaining game. I think a draw was, was absolutely the right result. I think as much as we hate VAR, and we, and we do, so much so we, we wrote and sang a song all about it, um, I, I did think the decision was correct. I, I don't think it should have taken seven minutes to get there. That, that was the only thing. Mm. Um, you know, the initial reaction, I just happened to be looking at the screen at that time. My initial reaction was, was the same, Steve's, in the fact that I thought, that's a penalty. It's all, a penalty all day long. There's a shirt pull, it was clear. Um, but obviously, you had to go through. Initially, I think they were looking at this to see if it was offside, first of all. Um, and then, obviously, reviewing the penalty incident as well. So that's what took the time there. Um, I don't understand the the little bits of murmurings about Lewis Miley. Uh, I thought I thought he was excellent. Um, he's one of them, and you know we, we talk about decision making. Uh, we talk about Job's bad decision making in in the Sunderland game where he should have absolutely squared at Jack Clark. Then you look at Lewis Miley, who just always seems to play the right kind of pass, and you know that's that's. The, those fine margins are, are where careers are, are made and defined. Uh, I thought it was it was very impressive. I did, I did feel that Dan Byrne was getting caught um, one or two times when when I was looking up from it. Admittedly, I didn't watch the full game. I was watching the Sunderland game, of course. But there was a couple of times, and, and obviously I'm sat next to a Geordie watching it anyway. Um, and I don't know whether it was a case where Bournemouth were more targeting Dan Byrne or whether he just happened to be getting caught out. For me, Dan Byrne still could have a, a, a future at Newcastle United. There's no, there's no question about that. But where I see him is being in the left-hand side of a, of a back three. Um, I could see that happening. And then, obviously, you know, you have, you have to play with wing-backs, of course. It would mean a totally different system for, for Eddie Howe. But that's that's the way I would see it. I, I think he's just getting caught out too many times as as a left back. He hasn't got the pace. Um, but all all being said and done, I, I thought it was a, a very entertaining game, a good Premier League clash. I thought Bournemouth Bournemouth went there where you would think you know St James's Park, obviously for for a team like them, is a, is an intimidating place to go. It's nearly always a full house. Um, but they came and they, they, they attacked and, and you know, they, they give them a, a really good go. At times it looked like Bournemouth might just sneak the win. Uh, the one thing I did want to talk about, and I, I don't know how this looked at the stadium, Steve, was the kit choice. Mm. Now, for me, it was actually quite difficult, on even just watching it on the screen, of course, but it was quite difficult to discern between the two kits at times. I don't know whether it was just, you know, the, the hue on mixed TV, but, but did did it look quite close? It was, uh, it, to be honest, I did. The Bournemouth strip was weird. I said it as soon as the teams came out. I didn't like it. Um, I, I, I don't know why on earth they played in that. I mean, clearly, you know, we will have second strips, third strips. We all we all do these yeah. days. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was just a strange strip, and it, it did, it did, you know, it it did beg beg the question, you know, why were they allowed to wear it? It was, it was. I couldn't really put my finger on it. It was. It was very similar. Not, not. It wasn't green, but it was. I, I, was it turquoise? 
It was a hot. It was just. It was. It was like an off-white, but yeah, with a tinge yeah, of colour in I'm it. Going, I'm going off-aqua with a tinge of uh, orange. <laughs> yeah, there was something not right with it anyway, but it, it, did, it, it, you know, it didn't sit right with me. It wasn't, it wasn't the greatest of strips, to be fair. No, it just, no. It just made, like, it, it was annoying to watch because it was kind of, it was so <laughs> close to being white where you're thinking, well, surely they can't play in that. that that's too close to cause a, a, a clash, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a very very small point, of course. But uh, I I just wanted to get your view on that one. But yeah, good draw. You know, the Newcastle move on and Rye's absolutely right. You know, given the form, you're probably going and and smash Arsenal down at uh, down at the Emirates. But who knows? Because the, the the form guide is just crazy. The the only thing you can bank on in the Premier League is Sheffield United's going to lose five nil. <laughs> Every week, and don't we love yes. it, Borough fans? Don't we love it? Uh, We're by the Chris way, Wilder team. Yeah, <laughs> can't we do. do too well. What's up? I've done it in a very you oh, know subdued way. Oh, there you go. That's how you do it. Barry's been on. Totally agree with Steve. With the fans Morning, walking Barry. out, uh, you're supposed to be there to support the team, no matter what. Uh, amazing shows always, guys. So thank Cheers, you for Barry. that one, mate. Thanks for Baz. Thank you, mate. Uh, that I hope you don't mind being called Baz. Um, by the way, Jack, what's up? In what's Leicester, up, who, uh, who had a great day because he lives in Leicester and went yep. to the game and even took yeah, he did. Uh, even took a red, uh, the red radio beer mat with him to take photographs of it ah, within the King well Power Stadium. Done, Jack, boy. we love you, Jackie boy. Um, says here, uh, Radio Dad, did you hear my poem to Ted? No. No, I haven't sent it to him, uh, but you, you definitely need to, Jack. Jack has sent well, me a certain yeah. a certain poem, but right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you now, Radio Dad, and you yeah, can have well, a read I, I think over it's the here. news. I think it's here, but send it Oh, you've got it, have you? But okay, I, think, I, think it's I will. Because I can see an audio file uh, above from last week. Uh, oh, no, it isn't. Okay. It's actually earlier today. Sorry. Um, uh, but it's news time, so during the news, uh, I'll have a listen, because, you know, we must censor everything. Um that could possibly lose my license on this radio station <laughs> before we play it out. Uh, like Ted. Uh, but then that's another matter. I, I don't know what you mean. Being well behaved. Why have you been in the UK, mate? It must have just been the Cyprus air. <laughs> I, I, actually, you're right. I have as well, haven't I? Yeah. That's, uh, I've, I've been a good lad. I'm that close to be mad, so I've got to be good. Yeah, don't even go near that German signing. That Daz has gone into the WhatsApp nothing. group that we don't I'm talk saying, about. We, we He's only that. trying to cause that. trouble, is young Daz. We ignore that. I'll we be having a word with sure. him very soon. <laughs> but it is news time. time We're very news. late. Yes, time indeed. Time for your news. Steve, we'll go on. Go on, Steve. Say it. News. The Red, the Toon, the Cat, Weather. Oh, well, just um, having a look at the old weather forecast. A band of heavy rain in places uh, has probably moved through the uh, the region this morning. There will be some scattered showers, though, left behind. Clouds going to break up, especially in the east. Uh, sunny spells developing through the day. Staying cloudy uh, on higher ground. 10 Celsius is your high for today. Uh, tonight, clouds spreading east through the evening, bringing some patchy rain. Your minimums, well, still not bad for this time of year. No lower than six. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune. 
And the Northeast Footy Brecky Show will be right back after a little musical interlude. Oh, it's the boss. He's got the human touch. You and me, we were the pretenders. We let it all slip away. In the end, what you don't surrender. Well, the world just strips away. Girl, ain't no kindness in the Yeah. 
thankless I, task. I do. It, it is a thankless task trying to corral you guys. Um, Bruce Springsteen, Human Touch. We do like a bit of Springsteen <laughs> on the show. We, right, we so were having a Human Touch there, weren't we, you right? Were, you were having a <laughs> just we, were, we were having a Brothers down in Arms. Earth, down to Earth. To keep, <laughs> to, keep, to keep the song theme going, Brothers in Arms, you were just there. Yeah, we were. We certainly were. We certainly were. Welcome back to the Northeast Football Breakfast Show. Right. 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 We've got a poem. We've got a poem for Ted. Oh. 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 Shall we? Did you read it? Did Shall you like I? it? Okay. Uh, right, read the floor it. Floor is read yours. It. He's actually the, sent it in. Oh, have you got... Jack's voiced it. sent it in. Jack's oh voiced it. Oh, my goodness. So well, we're gonna, the floor is not, yours, Jackie Not boy. only do we read out Jack's messages on this show, we're now going to hear his voice. So this is Jack the Borough oh. fan who lives in Leicester, who oh, is cocker who... cringe. He's what? <laughs> He's cocker who... It's a phrase, so, mate. I, I just it's lost you in the headphones, that's all, mate. It's a phrase. It's definitely a phrase. And <laughs> this, is, this, is his, um, this is his ode to Ted. Michael Beale, oh what a fail. His tactics leave us all in travail. Ted the Mackham with a scowl. Beale's yep. choices made him howl. Sunderland's hope in Beale's hands. But Ted the Mackham firmly stands. Against his methods, <laughs> loud and clear. Beale's strategy, Ted does jeer. With each match, a new dismay. Beale's way, Ted can't obey. Sunderland's plight under his reign, Ted the Mackham feels his pain. So here we stand in Beale's domain, Ted the Mackham can't contain. He's, he's disdained for Beale's every move, Sunderland's fate Ted disproves. Michael Carrick's red and white army, we hate Sunderland. <laughs> oh, Jack, I didn't listen right to the end there. Oh, oh, oh what a jib at the end there. I was just going to give him a round of applause for that. Yeah. Oh, then the Ted, rapier, like sword, came Ted, in uh, stab in the back. Let's get your immediate reaction here on the radio. <laughs> on Live on the radio, okay. Um, <laughs> careful, careful, careful. First of, first, of all, first of all, Jack, thank you very much for taking the time out to, to, to prove that we do still live well in done. the borough's minds yeah. rent-free. Well, um, well done. No, that was really good. That's a, that's, really, really that's good. That's a well-lived in Sunderland expression. It's like we live in, we, we, we live in the, the mag's minds rent-free. We, we live do. in the smoggy's minds rent-free. I even had the Holgate Ender joining in on Twitter, you know, commenting on the little Sunderland stories and things like that. Yeah, we do, we do. But um, that was very creative, Jack. I mean, it was a little bit, you know, um, poetic license with, with the truth, you know, but I'm not an absolute hater of, of any one particular in football. Um, but no, it was very, very well written and I think it captured the mood of the weekend beautifully. Very well done, mate. Oh, well done, Jackie boy. And thank you for letting your creative juices flow. Right, welcome back to the Northeast Football Breakfast Show. Uh, it's just after 8 a.m. Happy Monday. We've got a full week ahead of you for the uh, for the onslaught that comes at this weekend of uh, three new games. And we've got to talk still about the borough. That's right, I got Sunderland Newcastle out of the way. Yeah, we've got a whole hour on the borough. <laughs> Strap yourselves in. We are going to go to the Northeast football highlights, though. We're going to get highlights from, sorry, news headlines. I apologize, not highlights, <laughs> news headlines. I don't know where I was going with that one. I was on a high. Uh, we're going to go we. get news headlines from Sunderland, Newcastle, and the borough. And we'll be back after that to talk about the borough. Get in. Mackham's and Proud. Black Cats News.
Good morning, Sunderland fans, and happy-ish Monday. Dan Ballard says Sunderland players remain behind Michael Bale despite successive defeats at Huddersfield and Birmingham. When asked what has changed since Bale's appointment, Ballard told the press, I think it's more the structure as a team. I feel like we are a lot more solid as a team. The recent results have just been frustrating, but it's a process. We love having the manager here and he's got great football knowledge. We want results not just for him, but for the fans and everyone at the club. So it's been a frustrating week. It absolutely has been. Uh, Michael Beale came in for heavy criticism over the weekend after seeming to snub Trey Hume when he left the pitch as a late substitute during Saturday's defeat to Birmingham City. The Sunderland coach was made aware after the final whistle and released the following statement on social media. Trey Hume is a fantastic player for our club. He gives everything for his teammates and the staff. I wasn't aware that I missed his handshake until being asked about it post-game. I immediately went to see him to apologise. Trey passed a fitness test this morning to play the game and I cannot hold him in high regard as a man or professional. He is, he is an example of everything that is good about a young footballer and our team. And finally, a late Genadier double deep into added time secured a dramatic 4-3 victory for Sunderland women against Lewis women, sending them top of the Barclays Women's Championship. In a breathtaking seven-goal thriller, saw Emily Scar and Brianna Westrup score for Sunderland too. The lasses are back in action at the beginning of March when they welcome Southampton women to Eppleton Curry Welfare Ground. We'll give you more information on that as we get it. That's your Sunderland headlines. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, beautiful Borough fans. Happy Monday. Well, Middlesbrough have won. Woohoo! Incredibly, in true Middlesbrough fashion, heading to Leicester City, Borough was seemingly down and out with the sales of important players and a season ticket hike. It all seemed doom and gloom at the Borough. But somebody tried telling that squad on the weekend. Borough dug deep and counter-attacked to perfection. Borough scoring twice in the first half to everyone's shock, with Sammy Silvera producing his best game in a Borough shirt, and Lewis O'Brien reminding everyone, here I am. It was fantastic, breathtaking and emotional. Even before kickoff, Borough were brought more bad news with knee injuries to Johnny Housen and Hayden Hackney, with Carrick stating that both need scans and it doesn't look good. But this didn't seem to change the current squad led by shock captain Paddy McNair. Borough somehow found a way, Carrick found a way, and my goodness, it was delicious. Woohoo! Middlesbrough have also released a statement confirming they are investigating an alleged incident of racism from a supporter in the away end at Leicester City's King Power Stadium. Celebrations have somewhat been marred by a video that's now circulating on social media in the aftermath, which appears to show one Borough fan making racist gestures towards Leicester City supporters. Get it out. And finally, the Red Faction, a key supporter group of the borough, have stated they plan to leave the ground at this weekend's match against Plymouth. The Red Faction released a statement on X that in protest to the increase of, to the cost of season ticket prices, they will be walking out of the Riverside at the 30th minute mark this weekend's, this weekend's match against Plymouth. Well, a lot to talk about. A borough beat Leicester. Get in. That's your headlines. Magpies and proud. Mags News. Newcastle United will tell Manchester United they won £15 million to release Dan Ashworth from his 20-month gardening leave period to become the new sporting director at Old Trafford. Ashworth told his bosses at Newcastle on Sunday he wanted to leave the club after the approach by Sir Jim Ratcliffe to move to Manchester United. Newcastle responded by placing Ashworth on gardening leave. The Times newspaper also reported that Newcastle officials, furious at the manner of Manchester United's approach for Ashworth, immediately blocked any access the 52-year-old has to the club's computer and scouting programmes. 
Ashworth Gardening League will last for 20 months unless Ratcliffe can broker a peace deal and a compensation figure to commence his employment before 2025. £15 million would be an unprecedented figure for a director of football. Sources say that without an agreement, Newcastle anger is such that they are prepared to bide their time and let Ashworth wait for more than a year and a half on Gardening League before he can begin the new role at Manchester United. Another goal feast at Gallagher on Saturday left Newcastle unbeaten in four Premier League games but needing to come from behind twice to claim a point with an Anthony Gordon penalty and Matt Ritchie's first Premier League goal since 2020 grabbing a share of the spoils. In addition to the first team, Newcastle's under-18 and under-21 sides both had home fixtures on Saturday kicking off simultaneously at 1 o'clock. The under-18s lost 2-1 at home to Derby with Joe Brayson netting the consolation whilst Ben Parkinson scored his fourth goal of the season in a 2-1 reverse against Liverpool. There was better news for the women's team who made it four wins in a row beating Derby County women 2-1 in the FA Women's National League Northern Premier Division with goals from Beth Lumsden and Paige Bailey-Gale. That's your Newcastle headlines on Monday the 19th of February. What's up? Welcome back. What's up? Oh, what's up already? What's up? Comes in from Daniil this morning. Morning, morning Daniil. Morning, gents. Does Rai have some South American ancestry? His goal reactions from Saturday reminded me of the Brazilian commentators at the 86 World Cup in Mexico. It was quite entertaining. <laughs> Nevertheless, great show as usual. Well, it was Ronnie oh, Biggs. You, um, it's Ronnie Biggs who was actually. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I've heard Ray does have a little Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I do. I do like to keep a clean ship. That's for sure. No, let's uh, let's break it down as we uh, as we walk <laughs> into uh, that result on the weekend for the Borough. Now, look, I'm I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it sane. We I wasn't going in with much hope. Last week was a bit doom and gloom. We're coming off the back of a pretty poor week in Borough's standards, losing Matt Crooks to Real Salt Lake in the MLS after the January window had closed, which we already saw Morgan Rogers leaving. So we were already a bit down and out with that. Then we see a season ticket uh, price increase for next season, which got the fans absolutely shredding everything uh, about the club uh, over the weekend. Uh, sorry, in the, in the lead up to the game. We lost to Preston midweek last week in a shocking uh, performance once again from uh, from the team, and then we all knew it. We all kind of said it. Imagine, you know, his typical borough to go to Leicester and probably get a win in a jokingly fashion. And we saw the lineup uh, even before the lineup came out. I was uh, I was getting messages and DMs saying, obviously Hayden Hackney potentially has done a very bad knee injury. Same with Johnny House, and we heard Michael Carrick saying they both need scans and. Yeah, we'll we'll find the full extent of them this week. But I mean, to hear that your your captain and probably one of your best holding midfielders has has both hurt their knees, you're just like, well, what else can go wrong? But somehow, Borough found a way. We came out with an interesting lineup. We played started off with a back three, something that Michael Carrick last time deployed against Chelsea. Excuse me, and Aston Villa. We had Paddy McNair captaining us, which. Again, was a bit of a shock. We obviously we've had Dale Fry and Johnny Houser mostly, but Paddy McNair took the armband this weekend, and we absolutely counterattacked uh, with precision. Now I'm not going to lie, Leicester City once again, much, much, much like that Chelsea game, had uh, plenty and ample of opportunities to score, but somehow they just couldn't break us down. It took some very good defending from Matt Clark, Vandenberg, and Paddy McNair, but they also did square, scour a lot of chances. Middlesbrough would finish, obviously, behind in possession 
uh, which you know, doesn't shock anyone, I don't think. We finished with 29% possession, the Leicester's 71. Just to show you the flow of the game, Leicester having 24 shots to Middlesbrough's five. But we had two shots on target, as well as Leicester, who had two shots on target, and we made our two shots on target count. And that's what sometimes can win a game of football. I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with my Aussie, uh, Sammy Silvio. I thought he was a fantastic display and a performance from him in a Borough shirt, if not his best. He was deployed as our striker. Obviously, we've been using Sam Greenwood, uh, Azaz, even Marcus Force, but they weren't there. It was Sammy Silvio's chance, and he took it with open arms, I thought. He was fantastic. He played with some confidence, some arrogance, uh, which just showed exactly what he uh, was showing here in the A-League. Marley McGree again, Finn Azaz. Uh, and Lewis O'Brien uh, coming in saying, remember me, because uh, here I am. And he was absolutely fantastic setting up both goals as well. Uh, a fantastic team performance, a game where Michael Carrick got the tactics right. Now, in my doom and gloom, I must say, I never doubted Carrick's ability. I always thought Michael Carrick was still a fantastic manager. I thought he still would be able to get tactically right. I think he's in for a massive future. And that weekend just cemented that even further for me. Even in our darkest hours, Michael Carrick can pull out a performance like that. And you saw uh, in the post-match, one of the best little videos I've ever seen of him uh, doing the fist pump with the crowd, which was fantastic. Whereas we now have Plymouth this weekend. Whether it kickstarts our season again or it doesn't, I'm not too sure. I just think this weekend was a big, big needed win for the club with everything going on. And then, of course, we saw this disgusting nature of the racism uh, video going around, which mounted that celebration. And then we also had Red Faction now talking about this weekend's protest. Davey, lad, we mm -hmm. were in cahoots on the WhatsApp. Indeed. Uh, we were a bit down and out with starting off, but it didn't take long. Uh, Borough scoring first and then getting a second straight after that, which... Uh, Made us a little bit breathless, to say the least. Yeah, um, and my post at 2-0 of I Need Oxygen has gone viral. So um, that's, that's nice. Um, oh, where do you start? Uh, absolutely rope butter off 100%. Look, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be open. I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to be completely transparent. I feared we'd get an absolute uh, hammering. Mullering. Mullering, good word, good word. Thank I'll you. accept that Mackin word. Um, yeah, a good mullering, and uh, I, I really did, you know, f fear the worst uh, for the borough, particularly when we were hearing things like um, Hackney could be out for a long time. You know, a lot of chatter on um, on social media about that. Um, and we didn't have Johnny Housen, who seems to be in big games. Johnny Housen seems to be one of a couple that rise to the occasion. And certainly going to Leicester, uh, the way they're running away with the league was a massive game. <clears throat> so I, I had, you know, it was it was the perfect recipe for a, for a good mullering. And Leicester got the ball early. They were moving it about. They looked, they looked head and shoulders above anything. A bit like Burnley last year. Uh, they looked head and shoulders about uh, of, of anything that I've seen in the uh, in the Championship this season, and then all of a sudden, wham bam! Thank you, ma'am. We're one nil up, and I'm thinking, what on earth's happened here? You and I were were, were passing messages backwards and forwards. I'm sorry <laughs> for my. I must I must apologise live on the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show here for my complete. Uh, and utter amateurish display my unprofessionalism by sending you <laughs> messages while you were broadcasting, mate. I do apologise. Um, <laughs> no, it was fine. Uh, and, and it's one nil up, and I'm like, oh my hat, has this really happened? <laughs> and then on 37 minutes, it becomes two nil with Sammy Silvera, and I'm just like in complete mm. disbelief. And at that point, I, I look at that point, I was converted. 
Uh, at that point, you know, I would be looking for headquarters of the, the Colts, that is typical Borough. And, and, and immediately the thoughts start springing to mind of, can we, can we just hold out till half-time? Can we just hold out till half-time? Which we did. And then the second half started, and, you know, I was, I was behind the back of the settee, you know, every, every now and again, just thinking, dare I, dare I even dream here? Dare I, dare I dream? And hoping, can we, can we hold out until the hour mark? And then once we got past 60 minutes, 70 minutes, I'm thinking, this could happen. This really could happen. But what we've got to do is make sure Leicester don't score. Uh, and then we saw him come on, didn't we, as sub? And it's just like, oh my hat, Vardy's on. He looked, he looked hungry. And when that goal went in, it's just a case of guys. I don't care, Carrick. Don't care what you do now. Take off our entire forward line and just, just, <laughs> just fill the back with eleven defenders. And um, and and what, what a fantastic result. The one thing that does irk me, though, and you, you've just mentioned it. So semi irk there, right? Is when we played so well against Villa in the FA Cup, a lot of Villa fans took to social media and went, oh, we missed loads of chances, like, and mm. uh, uh, if we'd have had our shooting boots on, we'd have, we'd have put them away easily, like. Mm. Um, that was a very poor Brummie accent. And no, it was good. Yeah, but they're from Wales. And then, yeah, in, 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 <laughs> in boy, oh, and five, which when you go get us, and drove us down to Silio, go, go, go. Um, then when we played Chelsea and we beat them 1-0 at the Riverside in the League Cup there's a lot of Chelsea fans went oh you know we had our shooting boots on we'd put them away oh we had loads of chances we missed loads of chances you know we went to Leicester and did the same and the, and the Leicester City fans oh if we had our shooting boots on if we put our chances away this is a pattern that's developing when Borough take this formation to strong teams so I think it's time that people take off their rose-tinted spectacles and start giving Borough some credit for disturbing, upsetting, annoying, putting off their game, strong forward lines. Because I think we're not the luckiest team in the championship. Our injury record proves that. Our results against teams who sit bottom of the table prove that. So I think it's time to give the lads some credit from a neutral's perspective that we can upset you know, really powerful forward lines and good teams. And it, it just it doesn't happen to be a one-off that your team doesn't have its shooting boots on that day. So well done to Michael Carrick. Well done to Middlesbrough Football Club. And disgusting scenes as far as that racist woman was concerned on the video on social mm. media. Yeah, Teddy Boy, uh, Middlesbrough coming away with a fantastic win. I know I've cut you pretty short between now and the sports headlines. We will come back after this and get your thing. But I guess a quick summary of how you found Middlesbrough beating Leicester, the league leaders. Yeah, um, obviously, I mean, Leicester Constabulary have been contacted uh, about the robbery that took place. Um, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a call in advance for the murder that was about to happen, but there you go, it didn't happen. <laughs> no, to be honest, um, well deserved. And, and, and I'm going to slightly agree with Radio Dad here in the fact that, Ooh, all right, Leicester had 22 shots. They did have 22 shots, but you limited them to five shots on goal. Now, if you yeah. don't take your chances from those five, that is not about you being unlucky. It's about you being incapable of putting your chances away. Middlesbrough had two shots on goal, scored them both. That's clinical. That That is, yeah. you know, and all right, possession-wise, you had 30% compared to Leicester's 70%. Most, it doesn't matter how long you have the ball. It matters how many how many goals you score while you've got it. 
And yep. and anybody mourning about that from Leicester, I, I think it would be actually just sour grapes because great performance from from Middlesbrough. That's that's a typical battling away performance um, where you've, you've you've upset the the, the team that's going to walk away with the championship, but you've taken six points away from a very very good side, and that gives Carrick and others something to build on for next season. Middlesbrough are capable of beating the top ends in that division. It's just, uh, you know, depth in the squad required and, um, yeah, a little bit more investment and a little bit more faith in, in that uh, in that squad. But, yeah, fantastic win. Can't, can't take that away from you. What's up? Oh, thank you. Uh, what's up? Winging its way from Thailand, which I'm sure is sunny and hot and sweaty. Mm, um, hello, like gents. You. Great show as always. I uh, hope you're all well. What a fantastic performance from the Borough to do a double over Leicester. It was definitely the best defensive performance this season. Vandenberg was absolutely a brick wall. What a weekend. Bring on Plymouth up the Borough. Bam. No, oh, Thank you, Bam. Thank Morning, you for getting Bam. in touch. What a bomb. Thank you for the WhatsApp messages. We're going to come right back after your sports headlines to talk more Borough and everything going on in the Northeast right after this. Together across the Northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. There we go. <laughs> oh, come, that, no, oh, come on. Really, really. You're going to do that, are you? What? For the benefit of, of, of listener land... Dave's just come out with a rude joke off air and then went straight into taking us back on air and expecting us to behave normally. Would I do such a thing? Would I be so unprofessional? Wow. <laughs> yeah, that caught my breath, that one. Welcome back to the... I'm going to have to... Oh, I'm coughing here. Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show. Sell, we can, we can sell subscriptions to the WhatsApp group we don't talk about and the off-air feed of this radio show. Oh, yeah. my yeah. goodness. Look, we're discussing Borough, we've discussed Newcastle, we've discussed Sunderland as well. If you have missed any of that, you can always catch us uh, after the fact on podcasts, wherever you get your favourite podcasts, you can find and us. And the repeat on the, the, red. the repeat at 4pm, yeah? You yes, certainly can. Off your drive home as well, you can have us in your ears. We're going to talk more about the Borough because there's been some unsavoury news that's come after the fact of that great win against Leicester. Uh, one was obviously the uh, the racism, uh, the racism gesture made by a Borough fan. That went and did social media. It was revealed by a Leicester fan uh, and Borough have had to release a statement. Once again, uh, a good win, marred by someone being absolutely inconsiderate and silly. Middlesbrough have had, not the first time, unfortunately, again this season, been marred by a racist incident. Stevie Boy, it seems to be keep and always rearing his ugly head uh, to the point now where we've, we've, you know, we've, we've got it again, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not something that's, uh, you know, uh, that, that we need in the game, but, and it's, it's unfortunate that it's, it's your club. Everyone seems to have, you know, a, a minority of idiots, idiots who, who are yeah. in the game. Um, it's as simple as that. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, every now and then they, they rear their ugly head. And that's what we've seen again at the weekend. And, you know, the, the club just need to ban them. Uh, it's as simple as that. You know, if if, if, if some of the behaviour is, is deemed uh, inappropriate and an arrest can be made, then that's what needs to happen. And um, prosecution and something on a record. Um, but, yeah, I mean, disgusting to see, mate. And um, sadly tarnishes what what was a great result for, for the borough. But... 
you know, you're not alien to, you're not the only, you're not, you know, not the only club that's going to suffer this. And it happens time and time again. You know, we, we unfortunately, you know, cover this, you know, it seems three, four, five times a, a season on, on the North East Footy Brecky show. And, and yeah, it's just it's disappointing. We, we, we need to stamp it out, but it's always going to be there, sadly. And, um, you know, you can't blame the emotion of the occasion. You can't, you, you can't see anything other than it's, it's ignorance. And, you know, it, it needs, that person probably needs, not only reprimanding, but also need some education. It's as simple as that. Yep, no, completely agree. And Teddy, I don't want to spend too long on it because it's absolutely vile and disgusting. But the thing that shocked me, obviously, with the video as well was the you know the kids right next to it. Uh, yep. if, if you haven't seen the video as well, but there were children uh, present. Um, yeah, honestly, I think we've spent enough time covering it now um yes mm-hmm. we have to report on things like this we've got a responsibility um you know when we're representing clubs and, and fans in the media we've got a responsibility to talk about it and to to absolutely slam it anytime it happens yeah. it's unacceptable behavior and what a what a role model that is for for, for kids around eh? i mean you know an enjoyable trip like that and a fantastic result and i honestly like you know, we're mates, and I'm, I'm I'm pleased for you. I'm pleased for 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 Borough because it's it's a big win, and you you live as a football fan for those days where you get massive wins like that. Um, but that kind of behaviour is just it's needless. It's senseless. Um, anybody who knows this person, do us a favour and call her a prat from me as well, will you? Um, <laughs> it's just it's disgusting. It's it's going to rear its head from time to time. Of course it is because unfortunately you know. Villages no longer just have one idiot; they have multiples. Um, but thankfully, still in the minority. Um, and yeah, let, let's let's move on and talk about more positive things, yep. lads. Like uh, like obviously your 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 fans walking out after thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to come back again uh, with some more. Obviously, uh, yeah, I guess you know unsavoury news around the club. So the red faction, obviously. We're a massive part of the borough, a massive fan group as well. We, if you're part of the borough, you know who the Red Faction are. Release the following statement uh, as a group statement against the ticket price. It's called the ticket price protest. Now, I will abbreviate. I won't read it out. It's quite long. But if you want to have a look, you can see Red Faction on Twitter or X uh, and for the full announcement. But it says Red Faction are refusing to accept the recent announcement that season ticket prices will be increasing once again. Following the increase in ticket prices last season, the club had agreed that the group would be involved in discussions about this season's prices, but this did not happen. The protests, to protest, the fans are being priced out of supporting their local team. Red Faction will be leaving the Riverside Stadium on the 30th minute of this Saturday's upcoming home fixture against Plymouth Argyle. We're calling on fans who feel likewise from all areas of the ground to join us in this walkout to show the club they will miss out what they will miss out on by exploiting the loyalties of the supporters. Now, I am going to, uh, I mean, I can't comment. And I think that's only fair, Borough fans. I live in Australia. I am dead red hot Borough fan through and through. And if I was over there, this would be affecting me, but it's not. So it's not fair for me to comment on that. But what I have done is some research here uh, just to compare what it's like uh, for a season ticket for Middlesbrough and what it would be like a season ticket for here in Australia uh, for my team in the AFL, Adelaide Crows. Now, Adelaide Crows offer uh, a premium package, a general admission package, and then like, it's like a, just an underage sort of package as well. So for the, the normal package, uh, now, mind you, AFL play 24 games in a regular season. What does the championship have? 47. 
So mind you, it is almost half, if not half, uh, less than half of the games that you, that the championship has to play. Uh, Adelaide Crows, to reserve a ticket at the Adelaide Crows home ground, uh, Adelaide Oval, is $389 Australian. Uh, $389 Australian. Now, if I put the season ticket up here for Middlesbrough and what they are, they are asking for $24.25, uh, it would cost me for a season ticket at Middlesbrough in Australian, $1,062.40. So you're going from the Adelaide Crows here, uh, AFL, our biggest sport, of a season ticket of $389 to what Middlesbrough would be asking me of $1,000.62 Australian. Now, that's obviously the conversion rates in full force. Mind you, the, the you know the games are less and, and that, but it is a significant jump and it's a significant cost. Um, I I also you know I think as well I can, the club obviously has you know financial burden. It's a it's a tough thing to run a football club in modern day. The walkout's going to affect the team, and I think after a great win, it's another thing that obviously um, you know it's it's taking focus away from that. But I guess Steve, you've been around long enough to see prices. Uh, going up and down uh, in the football landscape and what it costs uh, to run a football club. How do you feel about uh, the Borough fans staging the protest, 30th minute mark, uh, deciding to leave the stadium this weekend? Look, you've got to make a stand when, you know, when the clubs start to take advantage of of supporters. Um, but only if all channels of communication have been exhausted, is what I would say. I'm a stalwart of campaigns against Newcastle United. I've been there, done it, got the cassock. And to be honest, it's one of those situations where you don't really want to, to, to do this. But if the fans feel strong enough, then it needs to be done. Um, you know, supporters are the, you know, the lifeblood of the football club, whether the football clubs like it or not. And, you know, without the support of Borough fans in the area and worldwide, the club is nothing. And you need to liaise with your supporters before you make changes to things as emotional as tickets. Um, Newcastle are going to end up in the same position. And we, we will end up in the same position. There are going to be supporters... I could be one who could end up being displaced because of corporates and increasing corporate areas at St James's Park. We'll come to that another day because we're focusing on Borough. Um, but if all lines of communication have been exhausted on this topic, then I can see why they're doing it. Have they? I don't know. Has there been communication between any supporters association or club uh, between the club and the, the supporters groups? I don't know. If there has, what was it? And, you know, has the door been shut? Um, but I'd need to know a bit more about it. And, you know, you're coming at me with the, the news about a protest and fans walking out, which all, again, I think is is, is is the only way that supporters really can have their, their voice heard. But I would question, has the lines of communication been, you know, successful or not? And if they have then surely they can continue that. If they haven't, then why haven't they? Um, but I don't know enough about it to, to be able to say this is 100% the right thing to do. So what's the, what's the situation? Dave, do you know? 
Only what I've read. Um, I won't be walking out. And uh, all my mates who, you know, were in touch with in, in WhatsApp groups and, and things like that over the last... 24 hours, um, they've all been saying they're not walking out. And I know there's some fan groups who are signing up with Red Faction saying we fully support what Red Faction are doing. I think there's a bit more to this, though. Um, and then I'll give you my personal opinion, which will not go down well on Teesside. Uh, I think there's more to it because Red Faction also mentioned in their statements that um, I, I believe they'd arranged a meeting with Steve Gibson um, uh, over the next few weeks where they were going to discuss this and that meeting's been called you know, that meeting's been called off so i think there's some angst on top of that as well um because they're not going to get to see gibbo um whether that has colored their view on the season ticket issue and it's just thrown a bit of fuel onto their fire their mini flare filled fire then um then 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 possibly so that's led to to this statement but the red faction to me are just childish football fans who try to appear as a bunch of ultras um, disguising their faces yet everybody knows who they are they they provide to their credit they provide a brilliant atmosphere um, in the south stand in the riverside and you know I give them I give them massive credit for the way they support the club on match day however these are the same guys who all decided to bring balaclavas into the Riverside one day and flares, and bear in mind, pyros are banned. There's now a three-year stadium ban for anybody who lets off a pyro uh, at the Riverside, and I believe it's a, a similar EFL ruling, or it could even be an FA ruling, uh, around English football. So these are the guys who brought in a big crowd surfing flag, had balaclavas in their pockets, and... Uh, and snuck a pyro in. They all hid under the surfer, put their balaclavas on, changed their position, and like overgrown children, lit the pyro once the surfer had gone to say, ha, 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 we've broken the rules, then disappeared back under, after the flare had been extinguished, disappeared back under the surfer, changed their positions and took their balaclavas off, so they, they thought the club couldn't catch them. I mean, what sort of childish immature behavior is that by a bunch of ultra fans on display in front of 30,000 people in the riverside so i've got no sympathy for red faction i do agree football's got to be affordable but if they would grow up and behave and support the borough in a responsible way i could support their actions i really could but when they're doing things like that i can't so great walk out lads on 30 minutes Miss an hour of football, I won't be following you. To the club and the cost of season cards, I am thinking twice about renewing now. I've got two season cards, and I am looking at that price hike, and I'm, I'm thinking, can I afford that? Well, probably I could, but do I really want to be paying that much money? Now, the borough last year, the, I know you did your research, right? The borough last year were the third highest season ticket priced team in the championship. I think only Norwich, was it last year or the year before, Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday were more expensive. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yep. I know there's uh, some fans have been doing their, doing their research on ticket, uh, season ticket price renewals. And, and I saw something, and, and I don't know whether this is true, because I haven't spent the time, and I've got no interest in doing the time uh, to, to, to ratify it. But they were saying there's only five clubs in the Premiership that actually charge more for season tickets than Borough will charge for the Championship next season. Um, I don't know whether that's true or not, but 
A football club like Middlesbrough loses money hand over fist. They've got to cover their costs. They, they do not make a profit. And it's part of the reason why we've seen the strategy of the borough change in recent years. We are now looking for young players we can develop, we can invest in, in their development, then we can sell them at a profit because all that goes into the bottom line to make the club sustainable. So the club obviously fail because of higher wage prices, national wage, uh, the national living wage going up. They have to pay, pay staff more. Um, we've all seen what's happened with interest rates going up, the cost of living going up as a result. They've decided they have to charge more. Rightly or wrongly, they have decided they have to charge more. And it's down to the fans to look at this and think, can we afford to go, can we not? If you can't afford to go, you don't go. If you can afford to go, you go. Um, I don't know another business who raises their price in this world that goes to their customers first and saying, um, we're thinking of putting our prices up. What do you think? Um, all right, football's about community. I get there could be that. Steve's got a point. Uh, were, the conversations, uh, were the conversations held between club and fans? Probably not on this issue. The communication lacked absolutely, um, and the borough had to do a U-turn on, on the very short notice that they initially gave. Will they do a U-turn on the prices? I don't think so. Mm, Teddy Boy, your thoughts on this situation, obviously with Red Faction staging a protest walking out 30th minute mark this weekend against Plymouth. To, just to get a, a, a kind of almost a, a balanced view on this, how many season ticket holders do you, do you have, guys? Uh, I think we had about, um, didn't we have about 21, 22,000 or something last year? Uh, I could we'll be wrong, but it's Henry. around there. It's in right. the 20s. Okay, so it's 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 a good number. First of all, it's, I, I don't think it's too dissimilar to what Sunderland have. To be honest, it's, it's definitely over the twenty thousand mark. I know that much. So it's a, it's a good portion of people who go to the games. I mean, what what you're talking probably about two thirds. Um, now, for me, not every one of those season ticket holders is going to be on board with the idea of walking out on thirty minutes, um, because people have differing opinions. That's why we end up with football shows like this. Um, so not everyone's going to fancy that. If, by some freak chance, Middlesbrough are 3-0 up after 29 minutes, do you think people are still going to walk out even though they were going to initially? Probably not, because Borough would be on fire and, and you want to stay in and watch games like that. So there's all sorts of circumstances attached to this where it just might fall completely flat anyway. I, you know, I, I'm also in the camp that believes that, that fan groups should have open, clear, honest dialogue with, with, with the clubs. Now, you know, as much as I've got my own opinions about these fan groups anyway, and, and it did take seven days after the meeting with the, with the Sunderland ones for the, the statements to actually come out and, you know, de uh, declare what was discussed in, in those meetings. However, it was a meeting that took place all the same, um, and therefore, you know, healthy dialogue is recommended and things like that. Looking at the prices, it's quite an eye-watering price. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at an average here. Yeah, you're right, Middlesbrough third in the championship, £520 the average cost. Um, that's in... That was last year, was it? Sunday. Yeah, last year's, last year's, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I, 570 is the cheapest early bird renewal. That's not the normal price. But that that is the early bird renewal price five hundred and seventy yeah. becomes more than that if uh, you're the first time early bird buyer. Yeah, and that 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 is that is when you start and have a little bit of a problem there because that that's an awful lot of money, especially you know I mean 
there's not many people just buy a season ticket kind of on their own. There's families go to the games and things like that. Like you're saying, Dave, you know, you're you're in that as well, where you're you're a multiple season card holder. Um, and, and it's look, it's what is it? It's about twenty five quid a match, isn't it? Roughly, yeah, that works out as, and that's what the club do point out. I've I've been I, I help form the Middlesbrough um, supporters forum. I'm no longer a member of that, but I help I, I helped. Um, start that group up and uh, Red Army TV as we used to have um, was 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 um, was a founding member of that group and the club would always point that out that season ticket because it's a hot potato every year season ticket prices uh, make it affordable to go if you do it on a match by match basis where I think at the moment it would be about 32 quid if you went to buy a, a, a ticket just to walk up uh, and it works out about 26 27 quid if you buy a season card mm-hmm. it's 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 what we've discussed many, many times on here now, it's starting to price working class people out of the game. And yep. it's working class people who built the game. Um, you know, Teesside, very, very similar to Wearside in the fact that, you know, former industrial town, not not the greatest income in the world, it has to be said, in terms of average income. Um, and it's it's those people who I feel sorry for who, who've, who've endured the worst of times watching their clubs and to see that that that's a big slap in the face for for a lot of fans to take that that actually becomes an issue whereby if they do accept that and pay for their next season ticket they're going to have to do without other things you know at, at these at this time when the cost of living is absolutely insane to hike it up by that amount i just think is really bad taste um you know <laughs> There's progress being made at Middlesbrough, absolutely, on the pitch. I, I, I do believe that. However, there's not enough there to, for me to sanction an increase of that much. It's not like, you know, all right, we've signed eight new players. We've got to bring the money in somehow, guys. Can you get behind it? They've sold players, not replaced them, and now asking for, for more money out of the fans. It just, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I, I don't like that almost show of disrespect to football fans. Uh, it remains to be seen what Sunderland do with theirs, mind. I mean, I was last season, I think we're around about 470, which uh, on the grand scheme of things isn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that's a big slap on the face for Borough fans. And I, and I can see why there is unrest among supporters with it. It's a, I think it's a 6% mm. increase. I think that's, is it a 6% increase that they've, um, they've slapped on? What was it, Ray? What was the number? Uh, it is... Sorry, I thought you'd know off the yep, top six, of your head. Yeah, no, no, it's six percent. Six percent, and and the club's argument is it's to match the uh, the cost of living increase. Yeah, 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 six percent. And season tickets sold for this season were twenty thousand five hundred thirty-eight, as last reported uh, two months ago. So that was where Steve we're at Gibson spent six percent more on players. Well, the club is saying uh, they spent six percent yeah. more on everything. Hmm. And it's just the won- timing of it, lads. It's the timing yeah. of it. That's the that problem. Stinks. Well, I think what really don't and, think about the timing. Yeah, of and I think the big problem for me when that announcement was made. And look, I, you know, I'm a fan like the rest of them. And and what I was unhappy with was when it was communicated. They said, and by the way, you've got to the end of the month to buy them, effectively. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. you've got you've got four weeks. It was four weeks, I think, to to buy them. And then the prices go up, which meant it was one uh, one paycheck away. So fans suddenly had to dig deep to find this increase of 6%, but also had to find it knowing there was only only one paycheck going to drop in. Um, and the, the fans protested that, and the club made a U-turn on that and said, OK, we'll push back that deadline. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's hard. Chest. It's hard for me. It's hard for me. I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the other side of the world. I, I don't have to pay for season tickets. I pay a uh, hundred and something odd pound for that Borough Live subscription. You know, and I only get a certain amount of games. That's so. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard for me to to go either way. And I, I I think it's it's something that you know, it's just upsetting for you know that on the weekend that um you know it, when I like to sit down and and talk with the Borough fans. Uh, you know, and for the one chance I get in the week that, you know, it'll be about this sort of thing. But, you know, I'll still be doing the watch along and I'll still be, you know, cheering on the boys and doing what I can from, you know, the other side of the world. But, um, yeah, it, 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 I feel I feel so far away sometimes when stuff like this happens. I wish I could be there to just, to, you know, be more involved. But that Good morning, gents. almost wraps us up. Dazzy oh, boy. Hi, Daz. Good Hello. morning. How are we doing, gentlemen? What a win, Daz! What a win indeed. I mean, Mate. it just lifted that that sort of air of doom and gloom that was has been around. Didn't it? And uh, yeah, a little bit more positivity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more positivity about the club, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still obviously there's still issues and concerns. Have you just been talking about? But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what a win. Um, yeah, no one. Saw Are you a season coming. ticket holder, Des? Um, I, yeah, I share one with uh, with the good lady wife uh, and my, yep. my two boys. Um, yep. And yeah, and it uh, like Dave said earlier, we're we're rethinking what we do for next year because okay. it is a lot of yep. money. Um, yeah, you know whether we do. We've been season tickets holders for about well for a long, long time on and off, but certainly the last sort of fifteen years with the boys. Um, yeah, you know, sort of started taking them when the family zone was first established. You know, we it, it, we've invested a lot into the club. You know, we're we're, we're big yeah. borough fans, um, uh, but you know, I I won't be walking out this this weekend. I'm not sure that's the right way of doing it um, mm. with the red faction. Um, you know, they're, you they're, think many fans will join them? Yes, <coughs> that aren't part of the red faction. And uh, can I just rephrase that question, Right, I hope you don't mind. Daz, yeah. have you heard any oh, of your yeah. mates saying they're going to walk out? No. No, 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 no one's, no one's said that to me. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I chatted with a few over the weekend once this uh, thing came out. Chatted with my lads. Um, no, I, I don't think this is going to get much traction. Um, they might do it and, you know, good luck to them. Um, yeah, you know, is, is that the right way to They lost process? my respect when they did that pyro yeah, stunt. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, lost yeah, my respect yeah. completely. And I was a close to these lads. I've refereed them in, in football matches when they've had charity games. Um, I've got a lot of time for some of the lads, but no, my respect went when they did that pyro stunt. Yeah. Is it that noticeable mm. when players walk out the Riverside? Because it's never full anyway, is it? Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do you know what? As soon as, as, soon as Ryan got onto the subject, I was waiting for that line from Ted. Thank you for Thank being you and so good night. Late. So you care, you've been brilliant. Really <laughs> oh, wow. Well, look forward to Ted's show tomorrow. I'm going to be interrupting it all morning. Don't you worry oh, about that. Do you that. know what it is? I've, 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 I've got a five hour flight to write that as well. <laughs> no, uh, I'm happy to. Uh, you let me know, and I'm happy to do it again, by the way. It's all good. Happy Monday, you beautiful listeners across the Northeast. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Hang, hang, we will be back tomorrow. Just coming in. Oh, what's what's up? Up? Oh, Lara, La- no, it's Lara. Yeah. Lara. First time WhatsApper. Welcome, welcome, Lara. Oh, oh, Lara. Season Lara. Good morning. I think there was no marketing strategy behind it. No thank you to the fans for the continued support. Uh, just this uh, just this is the price. It's Lara in Sunny Thorpe Fuels. Oh, very nice village. 
used to live in Bishopton. Thank you for that, Lara. Used to cross yeah, a couple lovely. of fields. Yeah, yeah. A sensible That's opinion. Lovely. Indeed. Thank you for that, Lara. And now you can say goodbye, Ray. Well, we gotta, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Enjoy the mid-morning with Daz. Cheers. We will talk more Northeast shenanigans tomorrow. See have you tomorrow, guys. Ta-ta, lads.